Gamification sounds very new and fresh, even though it's over 10 years already with us, but it's becoming more and more popular. I can see the potential of it. Hopefully this sequel will be better than the usual Hollywood sequel. It's BizWord Season 2, and this time around we're going to be talking about gamification. Hi everyone, I'm Maggie. I am from Germany originally. Then I lived for 10 years in uh, the Netherlands, studied psychology, and then I made the switch into game development. And um, now I live since three years in Prague. I'm game designer working at SES Software and they make truck simulation games. That's so specific, truck simulation games? Truck simulation games. So not like any other vehicles, heavy machinery, it has to be a truck? It's always a truck because it's going into this industry from trucking, right? That's okay. uh, almost like a lifestyle. It's not just a job for most people. It's really uh, a lifestyle. And uh, you as a, as a game designer, obviously you design games, but what does it actually mean? Game designer in a traditional sense is kind of, if you think as the director of a movie play. So the game designer in a traditional sense is the person designing the game from the scratch. A person that says uh, what kind of character it's, uh, it's playing, mm -hmm. the goals that it has to be achieved, the challenges in the game, the rules that limit the player to make it more challenging or more interesting, the objectives as well, the setup, if it's a 3D game, top-down, if it's a shooter game or strategic. So the game designer is kind of um, yeah, the, the person that is um, making the whole outline of the game and then okay. trying to translate the idea of what he wants to make to his team. Okay. Would you be kind of the storyteller as well, or that's somebody within? No, the storyteller is a narr narrative designer. So there are many different roles in, uh, oh. in game development. Um, so we have a programmer uh, programming the thing. We have a, a graphic designer making the things that the programmer made look nice. Um, and uh, you have a QA tester making sure there's no bugs. Mm -hmm. um, you have a producer that's trying to align the whole team to work towards the goal that the game designer, the maker of the game had in mind. Saying now all of this as a traditional sense, because me as a game designer in SES software, I have uh, different tasks because our company is there for so long and the game is done. I don't invent a new game. We have the game, but the thing that we are making are expansions. And then we make an expansion of Iberia. So then there's Spain and Portugal and uh, these countries coming. So I'm gonna to take a to, just gonna take a wild guess. Does that mean like different trucks? Is that what it means? There's more to it, I guess. So there's also small expansions of different paint jobs of trucks. Uh -huh. So trucks have paint jobs, trucks have th little things inside, right? When you look at the truck, like there's something hanging from the mirror mm -hmm. or um, something on the seats, uh, on the dashboard, stuff like that. Um, but so what we do is we are like an SES, at least they are creating um, areas like from what you see on Google Maps and they try to replicate it authentically into the game. 
So when people drive through it, um, there will be the, for example, for Spain, there will be the vegetation of Spain, the architecture, oh, the point of interest, um, landmarks, big beautiful bridges, as you see in real life, you will see there in the game as well. That's the thing that they can sell, the new expansions. Mm -hmm. So they have Europe, but they didn't have Spain yet, right? Like, it's called Euro Truck, but it's starting, it must start somewhere. We cannot have full Europe gotcha. released gotcha. at one point. So now we're building slowly but steadily um, new expansions and reworking old ones. Gotcha. Um, and that's the expansions that I'm talking about. And for these expansions, whenever a new expansion comes out, I'm designing an event, in-game event around that. Kind of to celebrate that we worked two years to get this thing done and we want our players to enjoy it. I go on research about that area, for example, for the American Truck Simulator, I did the Texas expansions, we call it DLCs, downloadable yeah, content. Little, yeah, yes, yeah. awesome, okay. that's great. Would that be an example of gamification then, this kind of reward mechanism, or how would you define it yourself? First of all, I would say that gamification is like, um, like a piece to the pie, or like the steering wheel to the car. It's like a little piece of mm -hmm. game. Um, game design is not the same as gamification, right? Game design is the, is the whole car mm -hmm. and um, gamification is just taking a few elements right. from game design and applying that carefully, choosing carefully the elements and applying that to a non-game context or activity. Okay, okay. The reason why you might want to have gamification or why, why you might choose for it is to engage and motivate the people that use either your business or the mm -hmm. app or um, mm -hmm. whatever you want to gamify. So engaging and motivating to increase their either um, engagement with the company or um, the engagement with the app, like there's mm -hmm. learning apps or fitness track apps. So how would you know that gamification actually works? So you would see, for example, higher consistent app usage rates but would it be because the person enjoys the gamification elements? Are they aware that they're being, I guess, gamified? The gamification is at play? Does that describe the process? Or is it very subtle? Like, I would be using an app, but I wouldn't even know that it's uh, based on gamification principles. Maybe to answer that, I should go, go a little bit back and explain kind of how you gamify, actually. We just have been at the definition, so gamification is taking, carefully taking um, elements from game design to um, a non-game context, right? Right. But these elements from the, from the game design, we didn't talk about that yet. So we have, for example, these seven main principles of seven. game design. First one would be the goal of the game, right? So what is the purpose? Why are you playing? The second would be the rules. Um, to say in what kind of context, uh, what are the limits to the player to achieve that goal, right? So the third one would be the challenge. And a challenge is being created by kind of balancing between um, the goal and the rules. Mm -hmm. And um, with that, you can make it more or less challenging, right? So if you have, um, like, let's say golf, you have golf, and if you just could pick up the ball and put it in the hole, that would be no challenge, but that's a game. Like the game, the goal of the game is put the ball into the hole. Um, but now that comes a rule, and the rule says only use a club. 
right. to do that. Um, and now the challenge is higher and you say like, okay, so this is a bit more difficult um, uh, to achieve the goal, right? Um, so by uh, making a rule is uh, the element, the challenge is increasing. Um, now as well, um, the, the last thing for what gamification uses as game elements um, is the feedback as well. Mm -hmm. So giving people feedback how far they get to actually achieve their goal. And with these four elements, like we have seven in, in game design, there are some more complicated ones which are globally applicable as well. But these four elements are the ones that are being used in gamification. I mean, I can almost see like a formula right now what right. gamification actually is, so that's great. But maybe we can kind of zoom in a little bit into the feedback piece, uh, mm -hmm. because there I think obviously studied this a little bit as well. You want to have a kind of a similar background actually, but I'm just kind of curious for a gamification process to be successful. Do you need feedback to be, I don't know, timely? Do you need it to be there immediately available to, to the user? How do you build that feedback loop? I work in the game industry and I study psychology, so I know a little bit about the theories behind it. So for example, you have the objective saying mm -hmm. get X amount of points or let's say um, for, the, for the language app or let's say for the step counter, right, for fitness app. Yeah. So you have a step counter and then the step counter says, okay, so your goal is reach um, 500 steps at a day and then um, you're um, getting towards the 500, but you're not there yet. And one feedback way would be like showing a graph, like how far you get, or percentages or whatever. Um, back to the language app, um, you're trying to learn, let's say, 10 new words every day. And then you, try, you learn uh, um, kind of X amount of words and the feedback would be, okay, it's, uh, it's wrong, mm -hmm. saying, indicating with a clear, wrong and then you just repetitively um, continue to learn this word until it stuck in your head and you're right and whenever you're right you get something right. in return um, some reward so it could be coins it could be badges um, achievements levels um, many of the apps have leaderboards as well so you can compare your own progress with your friends once the tricky thing about that is that this is going back into now it's getting maybe a little bit psychological this is going into the extrinsic motivation um, one way how many people out there use gamification at the moment is by applying an extrinsic motivation and that means that you are only motivated to do something by getting a reward mm -hmm. so extrinsic from the outside right. so you only get motivation by getting something from the outside that lasts for some time, you get some points, you level up. At some point, it gets boring because it's always the mm -hmm. same, right? The content doesn't change. Mm -hmm. um, you b should be motivated to use the content more and more. But at some point, okay. some point, you just lose motivation for that. And then they found in research that if you take, would take away the reward at that point, people would stop all together. So the engagement just falls apart. Exactly. Extrinsic motivation, these, these coins, levels, leaderboards, whatever, they are very easy to apply for anyone to already existing structures, but they're also the weaker motivation. As an element, right? It's yeah. not, not yeah. long-lasting. If you take it away, it kind of loses its power. Yes. 
Okay. Not just if you take it away. Also, you would have to. It just degrades over time exactly. anyway, right? It's, okay. And that has to do with like the motivation structures, like with structures in the brain, the punctures as well. But we're not getting into that too much. Maybe next time. So something that is interesting about gamification is um, the connection to the game development. One thing that we have in video games is not just extrinsic motivation by also the rewards that they give in the games, mm -hmm. like as well coins, levels and so on, but there's also intrinsic motivation because no one is telling you to play the game, no one is rewarding you necessarily play the game, no one is punishing you for not playing the game. So, and still we play games. Right? We play the game because we feel kind of happy to play the game and we want to. And now it's interesting, like, how, how do you get this, this intrinsic motivation? And if you can um, apply that to gamification, mm -hmm. then people will be engaged without having to put a reward on that. Okay, so it's kind of a sense of, I guess, satisfaction that you may feel. So if I decide to play a game or open up an app on my phone, it's because I expect to feel good about it. So that will be an example of intrinsic motivation. Well, is there a sense of accomplishment as well? So if I get better at something over time, is that that's an example of intrinsic motivation? That could be one example. Again, let's go a little bit psychological in here because it's quite interesting. We have these three basic needs for motivation autonomy, competence, and relatedness. So autonomy is thing that uh, you want to be the one who is in charge. It's a bit asking like, why, may, uh, why are people making cho choices? How do they make them? It's easiest questions, right? But I guess in a way you want to be the main character of your story, right? That applies to everybody. So if, if I know yeah. that what I enact is because I decided to do so, I will feel a greater sense of autonomy. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's highest when when you do something out of your own interest. Right. So the second basic need is competence. That means you want to have the ability to be challenged at something. You don't want to be challenged too much, and uh -huh. you don't want to be challenged too little. So if it's getting too if it's too easy, then you're getting bored, and if it's too hard, then you're gonna get anxious, and you wanna find kind of the sweet spot in between. That sounds very hard in real life to kind of pull together something that's you know not too high not too low just the exact right amount you can generalize this to everything i guess but uh, in this case um i guess as a game designer this is uh, one of the things that you should do and uh -huh. um since there are lots of people out there also getting specialized in gamification got you it's like when, when i used to when i used to play video games and you could just go into the settings and change the level of difficulty in a way so i was that kind of uh, i guess gamer i would always go as normal and then over time i'd just get frustrated and go down to whatever lower difficulty it is but this one is interesting um because the game is so big that the player can choose their own level of challenge that's the interesting part about it as well there are very different types of people and different types of challenge levels. And in these games, they give the opportunity to people to put the challenge on their level right. instead of them putting it on them. That was going to be my next question is uh, what kind of inspired businesses to kind of just really zoom into gamification and essentially steal it for their own purposes, because that's what it sounds like. Um, I wouldn't say stealing because it's so out in the open already. Um, everyone
can use it. They are now literally gamification experts. So um, to go a little bit back into the history of gamification, I think first time it got mentioned was like in around the 2000s, 2002 or something. But um, around 2010, 2011, it became more interesting, more popular. I was reading about it that uh, there was a, the app Foursquare. It came yeah. out in 2011, and that was one of the first apps that became very popular, and that's ex incredibly gamified, right? Check-ins. Exactly. So yeah. Foursquare is you check into a location or public place. You can share with your friends who has been there, and you can show your friends where you've been, right? But it's not just that. It's also every time you check into a new location, you get uh, coins. Or like actually, you, you get always coins, but if you get into a new location, then you get extra coins. There's a leaderboard, and then you can compare how many coins do you have uh, compared to your friends. Lastly, if you are going that often to one specific place and no one else checked into that, but you're the master of check-ins at this one place, then you can become the mayor and then that's... Yeah, I remember that's what really it was, cool. the mayor of... a crown yeah. on your uh, avatar. Um, so that is, uh, that is very interesting. That's extremely gamified and was very, very popular. The reason for them choosing that is because video games are becoming more and more mainstream. Today, there's eSports as well, where they literally play games on the PC as like a sport yeah. activity almost. It's uh, very, very big, very popular. Isn't that industry bigger than Hollywood now? For sure, I think I remember reading I'm not about sure it. if it's bigger than Hollywood, but I know that the revenue is, um, at least in Germany, no, Netherlands, and in Czech Republic, the revenue of video games is higher than the movies or music industry. You know, I think I'm maybe a victim of gamification, or maybe I enjoy gamification. I wouldn't know, because, you know, it's supposed to be a bit more subtle than just, you know, on the nose. But for you as uh, somebody from the industry itself, do you have favorite use cases, applications of gamification outside of video gaming as an industry? You mentioned Foursquare. It's still around maybe, but that's definitely, you know, it's, it had its heyday in the past. Mm. I'm just wondering, what's your kind of go-to? I would say you have these everywhere. Like almost all the apps have it now. Even if you're if you're going to a shopping app, okay, there's one particular example. AliExpress. There are online shopping apps uh, where you can uh, get coins every time you made an per a purchase. Mm -hmm. And there's inside of the app even a small game, um, Candy Crush like, mm -hmm. where you get points and if you get enough or if you complete the level then you get extra coins on oh, your wow. uh, account as well and they have put another small mini game inside the shopping app um, is they plant trees and then you you take the trees out and you plant new trees you again you get coins and with these coins eventually you get a discount for the products that you want to buy but this discount is very small like just a few few mm -hmm. cents or something but uh, still it's very gamified and it is fun and I sometimes discovered how I spent too much time on the candy crush inside of this okay. shopping app yes working towards that discount and you don't even know it right you're just enjoying the game yeah I was exactly so that was the fun thing about it or the strange thing maybe about it I was playing the mini game inside of the app 
at some point I got so many levels that it didn't give me coins anymore, but I continued to play because wow. I was already so emerged again in the, right, flow, in the flow of playing this yeah. game that I was like, oh, no, this game is fun. I just feel like uh, playing a bit more. Can you enjoy games knowing what you know, having seen what you've seen and, you know, doing what you do for a living? Can you even, you know, enjoy a game? Don't you like Matrix like just see what the thing is actually you know, built out of? I still enjoy playing games because okay. every game is different. There are some different genres of games, like you have shooters, you have platformers, point-and-click adventures, uh, you have strategy games, puzzles, and story games, simulations, right? So there's, and there's much more, much more mm -hmm. than that. Every person has kind of their favorites, favorite genre. My go-to is probably RPGs, so role-playing games. I would say I really love the Horizon games. It's yeah. in a post-apocalyptic world where this girl is fighting robots and learning how to ride robots as well. Another example would be Zelda. I'm playing Zelda on the Switch Breath of the Wild. I love that game. It has the exploration again, it has the story again, it has fighting monsters progressing improving um, on the skills in-game or on your um, accessories, weapons and stuff. This is actually a perfect segue because I was thinking maybe you can talk to us about kind of do's and don'ts when it comes to gamification. Surely you've seen bad examples, good examples. That would be obviously a great one. Have you seen you know gamification applied in a miserable way or just failed to produce the desired result? Just as a broad example, I'm not saying it's bad. For example, the language learning apps, just so repetitive. They're doing the same thing over and over again, right? They give you 10 words and you got to learn them. Every time you learn these 10 words, you're getting coins, you're getting levels. And then the next day, again, the same 10 words and you get coins, you get levels. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing new to it. So I think uh, we talked earlier about the extrinsic and intrinsic motivation um, and it's nice to give the players or the learners something um, as a reward, but you have to keep building up on that. So I think they, these examples that use only rewards and take kind of the easy way out are maybe not the most favorable, mm -hmm. but you see them a lot almost everywhere so mm -hmm. these learning language learning apps would be one example where the content is fixed is always the same the rewards are always the same you always get just the coins and it's not it's not bringing you further you don't feel like you you're building somewhere there's something i remember from back in the days i think it was called habitica it was an app that you set your own goals to change beha your behavior it's an app, you have an avatar, you set, for example, your own tasks. I want to go to sleep at 12. I want to drink 10 glasses of water. I want to cook dinner uh, at least three times a week. Um, I want to read this book. And then you have these tasks that you, you write down yourself and you set yourself how much reward, how much coins you get. And then you check off the tasks that you did and the ones that you did not and the ones that you did you get coins as a reward and the ones you d failed at it will drain from your health so you have uh -huh. a health bar you have an experience bar and you have a money inventory 
And with these coins that you get as a reward, you can buy small weapons or um, I don't know, hats or something yeah. like that. Because mm -hmm. at some point you can also fight bosses or like little monsters inside of the game. And that will look like, okay, there's a little dust particle and then you say, okay, my avatar, my little warrior wants to fight the little dust mice. And then it does and then you get extra coins for that because you got okay. strong enough to defeat the dust mice. And you can do that also together with friends, so you invite them. So this is something which I think is really cool gamification. So first of all, it's trying to make you do something that you want, mm -hmm. but it's really difficult for you. So for even dieting or something, you can put any tasks you want. So you put the tasks yourself. You have to be strict with yourself. So you're learning that. You're learning being strict. You're learning being realistic. Um, giving too much reward doesn't make sense. Then it, it loses its challenge as well. And at the same time, you're progressing, right? So you're getting coins, you're building up your character. You can do that together with friends. You can get other friends in there that build up. And if you're really strong, then you defeat the monsters. And it's fun. It's fun. So changing your behavior to do something which is difficult mm -hmm. under normal circumstances can be fun. Mm -hmm. and is being made fun with them. And this is now, it's becoming a combination of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So you get the coins and you do level up and you can buy these uh, swords and whatever. But there's also intrinsic motivation involved, right? So you go open the app because you have an interest, you want to change your behavior. The challenge you set yourself, but it is challenging. You are, the competence is met because you challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. And then last thing, you can bring your friends in or you can show your friends, oh, look at that, this is what I'm doing. You can build relationships. What's your thoughts on TikTok? For me, that's highly gamified kind of space. I can see it becoming kind of this empowered by gamification addiction mode is what I can see it. To be honest, I think I kind of missed the TikTok train a little bit on purpose. I feel like it's it's out of my generation and I feel like it's just it's just going to crazy. To me, TikTok is like Instagram, but for younger people or everything has to Probably. be quicker and faster. And I've seen the uh, interface and it, it looks so full. There's so many icons everywhere and so many things and it's overwhelming. I really personally don't like TikTok. I made an account, but I didn't uh, do anything there yeah. anymore. Instagram is also a good example. Like I'm more familiar with Instagram than with TikTok. So it's, I can see that there is gamification elements being used. For example, you like something and or you, you post something and people like it. And then you get likes and you once you open your own post, you see like heart, hearts bubbling up if someone liked it. So this is kind of your, your feedback and your reward. So gamification sounds very new and fresh and even though it's here since over 10 years already with us, but it's becoming more and more popular. It sounds scary to some, but actually it's, I can see the potential of it. If it's being applied right with the right intentions, I think mm -hmm. that's the magical word, intention. What's your intention doing this? Do you want to manipulate the people doing something they don't want to? Then I won't support that. But if you want to use gamified fun elements to make people do something that sounds very boring or repetitively, then uh, I highly support that because there's nothing 
speaking against making something fun which sounds not fun if yeah. i may recite mary poppins in every job that you must do there is fun then you you just find the fun and snap the job is uh, a game don't think we can end on a better note than a mary poppins quote <laughs> Uh, so thank you, thank you so much for bringing Mary Poppins into the conversation. That was great. Thanks for sharing a lot of your insights with us. Not all of them. Clearly, there's more. Definitely, thank you for this. I think it's a great little summary of what gamification is, what it could do for you, what it could actually bring to the table, to the workplace. So use carefully, huh? That's kind of the takeaway. Use carefully. Be thoughtful. Good things to come. Thank you too. Base words powered by Mind to Flow.